you know what I love about this sound is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. I'm Kev, host as always, and despite the international break coming to an end, it's just James Cunliffe of the Lutonian that's alongside me for this Crystal Palace preview episode. James, how you doing, mate? I'm alright, mate. I obviously couldn't afford to go and stick my feet up in uh, Dubai or something. No, uh, I'm glad to hear it, but thankfully neither of the other two, they just couldn't be bothered. So um, <laughs> just me and you, uh, let's get stuck in, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, before we get stuck into previewing the match, I should just say if you pick up some background music, uh, we are recording at the Hightown Club as always. They do have entertainment on downstairs. Um, we'll do everything we can to dampen that out, but if you do hear a little bit, that's what it is. Although if you're a fan of weird 60s and 70s music, you'd probably prefer to listen to that than us. But It's always La Bamba, isn't it? It is. <laughs> always, and Country Roads, Take Me Home. It's always that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're a fan of those two songs, we'll keep quiet, but I don't think you will be. So we will crack on with Crystal Palace at home. First question then, James. It's been a while since we've had this discussion. Is it a must-win for Luton Town? Yes, yeah. That's the end of that discussion then. <laughs> yeah, no, I, the reason I say that is because uh, obviously the last couple of games have been playing at Liverpool uh, at home. You don't necessarily expect to pick up anything there. And the point that it was gained was very um, well-deserved and greatly appreciated and almost like a, a shock to everyone else really. But I think um, Crystal Palace are just in that mould uh, or in that mini league um, that we've been talking about for a while near at the top admittedly like when Fulham played Fulham but the difference there is obviously went to Craven Cottage and this is at Kenilworth Road and I think um, you know it's it's a winnable game and I think it's one where considering the international break that Luton have had where got out of the, <laughs> out of the bottom three without kicking a ball thanks to Everton not being able to add up properly. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, definitely uh, in in the winnable game area. That's a rubbish term, isn't it? It's, in, it's a winnable game, but Luton needs to start um, picking up the points against these teams now at home. So actual must win or just must not lose? Oh. I think given the fortune we've had and the strife of some of the other teams and maybe maybe the fact that Bournemouth have pulled away slightly as well, I think that it's a, it's a game where I think Luton needs to win. Particularly as at the same time, uh, the aforementioned Bournemouth go to Sheffield United. So, uh, you know, it's one of those... Um, Big weeks, and of course, next week when we come around to previewing the Brentford game, it will be Burnley against Sheffield United. Um, so we do need to start picking up some points, you're right, otherwise, we will kind of lag um, where we don't really want to be. Crystal Palace, then, you've just mentioned that they're probably at the top end of this team, this set of um, this league of these teams that we can 
get something from. But, I mean, there's a strong England contingent there, isn't there? I mean, the manager, former England manager, obviously put us through that horrible evening against Iceland uh, seven years ago now. Seven years ago, I mean, where's them seven years gone? Uh, but thankfully, since then, he's redeemed himself because he took that lot down the road, down out of this division. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, he's arriving at Kenilworth Road to give us three points to help keep us in this division. But... He's not the only England connection. I mean, if anyone who's watched the last two England games, well, not um, the England games themselves, but they'll have seen Sam Johnston on the bench. They'll have seen Mark Gay play against Malta and Eberize Eze. But for um, injury will be in any England squad, even at Gareth Southgate picks. And he himself is a former Crystal Palace player, isn't he? So um, a lot of England connections with this with this lot. There are. Um uh, and not not necessarily the connections that I uh, have any fun memories of, but they're a good, they're a decent, solid Premier League team. Um, or they have proven to be in the last couple of years. Um, and I think that they're obviously, there are a decent amount of points uh, above the drop zone at the moment. But so I don't necessarily don't worry, Crystal Palace fans. I'm not tipping you to be in a relegation battle whatsoever. Um, but I do think that uh, you know they they um, don't seem to be that consistent. Admittedly, I'd like to have their level of inconsistency and be have a bit more breathing room. But I think um, away from home, uh, where they've beaten Sheffield United, which they probably would have expected to on the first game. Um, they've had that great result up at Old Trafford where they beat Man United, but then a, a couple of results that haven't really been that great. So um, Beat Burnley as well, so they've done us. Thank you for that. They're, yeah. they're, they're doing <laughs> us a, a few favours. Yeah, when Bournemouth come around, yeah. if you can beat them too, that'd yes. be nice. Thank you very much. Just don't come to Kettleworth Road expecting some points. That'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's every chance of, uh, of, of beating them. Um and it'd be great if Elise isn't playing. Uh, we'll see about that one. But uh, I think that, you know, there's enough there to for Luton, considering the way they've played against Liverpool and Man United in the last two games before this international break, and particularly Liverpool at home. Although this would be a completely different test because Palace won't command nearly as much of the ball as Liverpool did. Um, but... Uh, You've got to try and get, get get stuff out of the home games. It's going to be a kind of a weird game, this, isn't it? Because we don't really care for the ball much. They don't really want the ball much. They're just going to sit in the centre circle and both teams stand there looking at it. I mean, um, you kind of wonder how it's, how it's going to work out. I guess the onus is on us to get the ball and use it and uh, do something with it and just make sure that we're not there to be got out on the counter-attack. Yeah, and I think that that stat about Luton is more to do with a lot of the other teams that are a lot more possession based they have gradually upped their amount of possession in a number of games this season Luton which is heartening to see which they're going to have to do because they will have to be more on the front foot uh, at home the, the crowd will demand it um, it's just a different way of playing I, I guess because the Liverpool won they got that game plan down to a T. This one, they're going to have to push it a bit more um, in terms of with the ball. They'll have a lot more of it. Um, you'd, you'd like to think. So, um, 
different different challenges but one of the most difficult ones obviously is the fact that Crystal Palace um, haven't conceded a lot of goals and they have got the they're number one for clean sheets in, in the division they've got five so um, that is obviously the challenge because sticking it in the onion bag is what has been the struggle so far yeah of course Sam Johnston between their sticks he who nearly took Jordan Clark's head off at West Brom What's that, two seasons ago? Might even have been three seasons ago now. Um, He's probably still got a headache. He may well still have a headache, absolutely. And that um, second half should still be going on for the amount of time that um, the treatment took. It's it's a weird one, this, isn't it? Because we could have as much of the ball in this game as we could in the next four home games combined. (laughs) The next four being Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle and Chelsea. We're not going to see much. We're not going to see much of the football (laughs) in those games. So, you know, if we get to sort of 60%, 60% in this game, that might legitimately be what we get in four cumulative games to follow it. And it's obviously what we do with it. Let's um, go through a few sort of dangers in the opposition like we usually do. Before we do, I should just say it's, 1994, the last time Crystal Palace won at Kenworth Road. So uh, that's a good statistic. And unlike some of these teams that we've played, uh, these two sides have met uh, in that time. So, um, you know, of course, we're going back to the previous time in the championship uh, when the last time that we met. But um, we do have a fairly good record in certain sort of recent meetings. So Crystal Palace then, if Luton are going to win on Saturday... They've got to stop one man, right? Ebere uh, Eze. Mm-hmm. We know him full full well from... He absolutely ripped us a new one for QPR uh, in our first season in the championship. I think it was 3-0 down at Loftus Road before I blinked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was the architect to all of it. He was. I mean, I never like watching opposition footballers, but I can respect them when they're that good, much in the mould of Tahith Chong when um, he played for Birmingham. Eze that day was unplayable. We really don't need that Eze turning up because he is a good player. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, Gareth Southgate will pick him in any England squad. He's that good. Even Gareth Southgate will pick him. Yeah, whether he plays him or not, it's a different matter because uh, he plays Jordan Henderson all the time. Not that they're the same position, obviously. Um, yeah, he is a danger. And uh, yeah, we do know far too much about him from that day. Um, it was a humbling experienced that first half um and he's got better as well obviously if he's if he's thanks for that getting getting in the england side but he has been injured um so it depends how quickly or how well he's recovered from that yeah i think he played in the last game didn't he against everton he won a penalty didn't he and then got booked for diving when he absolutely blatantly got wiped out um yeah i mean that was yeah a scandalous decision really um another black mark against the VAR in this this country. But um, yeah, if you let him run at you, it'll cause all kinds of damage because he's quick and he's got good feet as, as that incident showed really, or should, should have showed really. But um, yes, somebody's got to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and good job Luton have got players that can do that. Um, but uh, doing and, thinking of two different things. Yeah, he's probably going to be in the 10 position for Palace. So it's marvellous, Mengi, that kind of area. So we need that. We definitely need them to keep him quiet. Another player who's torn us a new backside uh, is former club, who I believe is going to come up against us on Saturday is Michael Elise. 
anyone who looks at my Twitter feed knows that I'm a massive fan of this kid. Um, great player, re- really, really good player. And um, been out injured all season, but he also played that Everton game. So it looks like he's fit again. And um, Alfie Doughty and whoever it may be will come on to the Luton selection in a minute down that left-hand side. Definitely need to know where he is at all times. Yeah, um, and I think they've they've combined well from what I've seen. Uh, those two players that we've we've mentioned, um, yeah, quick again, um, great feet, and you know if both of them are on song, they're very very difficult to stop. Whereas before, maybe in previous seasons, all you had to do was stop Zaha, and obviously he's not there now. But the, the two of them are um, a potent force if you let them get going. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's a couple of threats there. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see on the we'll see on the team selection side of things, but um, Doughty has been has been much improved defensively. We've we've highlighted him maybe even in the last month uh, in the October deep dive that we did. We highlighted him, and um, you gave him a shout for England, which Gaz Gaz didn't. Adhere to didn't didn't come up trumps for you on that one, but don't um, get me started. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he's um, well, he's had a break. That's I know he's been in Dubai. I've seen his Instagram, so <laughs> he's uh, got a bit of sun on his back. So hopefully, he comes back refreshed and uh, ready to chase him all over the place. And a few in Dubai, aren't there? Fair play to um, uh, Premier League players now, isn't it? Eh? It was Southend uh, a few years ago, is about as far <laughs> as they could have um, could have got. Um, yeah, no, at least say really, really good. And a danger from set pieces as well. His delivery is very good, as we saw in that Reading game when they absolutely pumped us during COVID times. Um, hopefully he's not got that sort of stuff in his locker. They always tell me, I say they, the, the kind of traditional view is that Crystal Palace are a good side, but they haven't got a striker. Then you look at the goal scoring list this season and Odson Edwards got five goals. You know, what are we, 12 games in? So near enough, one every other game. That's not bad. So um, they must have a striker and we must need to kind of keep our eye on him, really, because, you know, if he's got five goals, he's doing something right. Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, he, he looks like if he's on song, then he causes a bit of bother. Much like when we went to Goodison and we were talking about Beto, I think um, not necessarily the same player, but sort of same outcome, really, if... They, if they fancy it, they'll be difficult to uh, contain. But if they don't fancy it, then they couldn't hit a barn door. And <laughs> we hope it's the second, um, the second one there. But um, yeah, he, he looks. I wouldn't be as worried about him as I would be about the other two. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. Um, if we get beat by Edward, then so be it. But make sure you're not beat by Eze and Elise. They are very much. The two danger men of Crystal Palace. Um, So the onus is on Luton to go and win this game, as we've just highlighted. The next four home games, whilst they're going to be great occasions, great nights, realistically points are going to come at a premium in those games. So do we ditch the back five for this game? We might be forced into a change of formation anyway. We don't know where the whereabouts is of Issa Kabore. As always, we're recording this ahead of Rob's 
um, press conference, but he looked, you know, out for the count when uh, he went down in that international game last week. So you can only assume there's a concussion of some kind there. Therefore, he enters the protocols. If he's not back in Luton until Monday, he won't have entered them until then. It's stretching the boundaries to suggest he's definitely going to play on Saturday. Obviously, we hope he's passed all of that for his own well-being as much as anything else. Um, but if he's not, there's not a natural successor down at that right back area or right wing back area. Sorry. So, do you foresee a potential change of formation? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't foresee him playing. Uh, to be honest, I mean the. There's no way they can get around saying that that's not a concussion. That uh, He's got knocked out and he had to be put in the recovery position. It's a horrible, horrible uh, thing. I'm glad he's all right. And he's I mean, he did walk, walk off. off. Yeah, Anyone who's not seen off. that, he did get up and he did walk off. But the, the players did have to rush to him and put him in the recovery position, make sure he hadn't swallowed his tongue by the looks of it um, from the footage. I, I can't see a, a way they can Harry Maguire, the, the way out of him... You know, not having to go through concussion protocols. Someone did um, say to me that they got around that by claiming he hasn't got a brain to cut, <laughs> but that was a bit harsh. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that. So I, I would say let's rule Kabori out for this game. Um, hopefully, it's just this game. Like I say, he did walk off, so hopefully he's okay. He would definitely, yeah, I was assuming he's okay. He, he passes the protocols to go to Brentford, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I would hope so. Um, so yeah, I think um, yeah, if the time is right now to probably do a to to go for a back four and be a bit more front footed at, at home, um, but then who comes in down that side? You know, again we're yet to we're yet to hear if uh, of fitness, but Burke and Bell were being talked of before the international break of of being available when they come back. And so Amari Bell went away with Jamaica, didn't play in their game on Saturday night straight, well, Sunday morning after a waterlogged pitch in Jamaica, of all things. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, it wasn't even on the bench of that one. So I think you're, I think we're kind of struggling with Amari. Yeah, and that's a shame, really, um, because um, you know he was never present, really, and uh, starting to pick up form before he got that injury. So uh, disappointing that one. But I think um, Burke then might be more likely to be on the way back. And um, not that it, not that it's looked a, a great fit before, but he has played right back. Um, so maybe he comes in to replace Kabori. Or you could move Gabe Osho out the centre of defence. He came here as a kind of right backy, kind of right centre halfy, kind of mm. defensive midfielder, he kind of everywhere in that corner of the pitchy sort of player. And then you'd have Mengi and Locks in the centre and obviously Alfie, who himself has played on that right-hand side this season. That would mean Ryan Giles playing on the left side against Michael Elise, which would have me with my head kind of watching between my fingers, I think. <laughs> um, because the other caveat to all of this is we're pretty sure, again, we can't be absolutely certain, but we're pretty sure of the vibes that we're getting that we will not be seeing Chio or Benny, who has also filled in in that right back slot at times this season. Yeah. We don't think he's available. No, by the sounds of listening to the uh, Republic of Ireland uh, coach, he couldn't get his foot in a boot um, and he, he arrived like that as well. So he obviously did some damage. You know, he had to come off um, against Liverpool, didn't he? And um, yeah. somehow managed to play at Manchester United, but maybe. Uh, 
Probably only 75%, really. Maybe, yeah, that, yeah. maybe that was why he didn't take defenders on at Old Trafford rather than Man United necessarily scouting him out. Well, well, I th- yeah, I think the noises out of Ireland is that um, he didn't really want to push it too much because yeah. he, he felt it might go. And, probably you know, right not to. Yeah, I mean, if he has to sit out and it, hopefully it's just a, a small thing that he has to sit out for, or if it's just a game, you know, fair enough. Because you don't want him out long term. We've seen what hamstrings have done to Luton's defence. And, you know, we're talking about um, Burke and Amari Bell when they're going to be back. Um, and you can extend that to Lokonga as well, who's even more. I mean, that might be a shout as to when he comes back because we were told a couple of months and I think that's we're coming up to that now. I know he's been back training. Not that I'm saying he's going to be ready for Palace, but I'm just sort of saying that we might be in that area that he might be looking to be back in contention soon. Um, would be handy out. if he is, wouldn't it? Given that he was on loan there last season, uh, must have a insider view of the camp. Yeah, yeah, he could could do. Um, well, he's, he's he's training with them again, so maybe that there's an element there. I don't know how much that really plays a part anymore, considering the amount of analysis teams have on other teams, particularly in this division, when every single game and angle apart from yeah, when you come to VAR is filmed properly. I would agree with that. I think the only thing it would benefit is he, he'll know his direct opponent, won't he? Mm. Ditto Townsend, who obviously spent an awful lot of time at Crystal Palace. He'll know his direct opponent. Probably, like you say, the two sets of analysts will sort the teams out. But if Lukonga's going up against, for example, um, Decore, he'll know pretty much all about him or, or any of the central midfielders that were there, Hughes or whoever it may be. But yeah, you're right. In this day and age, I mean, you only got to go on to something like Football Manager and you can find out about all these players, can't you? It's, mm-hmm. um, it is it is mad. So yeah, the right-back situation is going to be interesting. Thankfully, if Elise does play, all, all the traffic will go down the other side anyway, so that's a bit of a touch. But um, we are. it does look like we're going to be forced into changes here, doesn't it? We don't yeah. expect Ogbené to play. We don't expect Issa Kabore to play. Hopefully everyone else has come back from international duty. Okay, Nakamba's last game was on Sunday, so that was, you know, that gives him six days. Kaminsky's last game was on Sunday, so, uh, and he didn't play anyway. It's only Lockyer, really, that's away um, on Tuesday night. He's not been playing either. So hopefully we've all come back and um, pretty good. Uh, obviously, Jacob Brown started for Scotland. Well done to him. Does he start for Luton on Saturday? I mean, I, there's a shout because we don't expect. Chio to to start, but he wasn't playing on that side, was he? When he was on the front three, um, not to say he couldn't, um, but I think given the impact that Chong's had, I think maybe he comes in because the the pace aspect um, and the direct running uh, that he can he, he can do, and maybe that's something that we need to look at. It is a difficult one, given that we've talked about how this is. A, Probably, I think it's probably a must-win for Luton. That um, Kabore and Ogbeni are out because two of the most impressive performers in the last couple of games. Um, hopefully, Ross Barkley hasn't injured himself while he's been watching the football this week. But um, th- those three have been um, increasingly instrumental in what Luton have been doing. A bit, Townsend as well, obviously as well. So 
Um, I'm sure he'll come in. I mean, there might be a shout that Townsend might fill in, fill in, um, fill in over there. So, um, yeah, I think Brown's probably in the place now. We've waxed lyrical about him, talked about how good his work rate is and everything. There's no no issues there. I think he's probably in the area now where he has to work his way back into the team um, with some impressive um, sub cameos, I think. In the way that Townsend did, Chong did, um, and the way that Ogbeni did at the start, because he wasn't the first uh, start of, uh, at the beginning of the season. So um, just judging by the way that... Uh, um, Edwards has picked his teams so far. I think that might be a, a shout. The the other option down that side, of course, is Elijah Adebayo. Um, probably not going to give you the defensive output that maybe a Chong or a Townsend would, but it would certainly trouble Joel Ward, I think it is their right back, who scored an own goal in one of the games that I saw recently. Tottenham, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily the greatest Premier League player of all time. So Elijah up against him. Might be a good um, a good fit, and he's he's also been coming off the bench to good effect, so uh, that would fit in with what you're saying. Yeah, it could, but then um, Edwards does like to have those players that come come off the bench and cause an impact around about the 60th, 70th minute mark. And when you lose the players that we expect Luton are going to lose, and then the likelihood is that maybe Chong starts you don't have as many of those off the bench. So maybe Adebayo is one that still does that, which would be disappointing for him because um, he's done the business when he comes on, but um, hopefully he can continue doing that if he is on the bench and he's got that hunger to, to do so. I mean, um, obviously he scored against, scored against Burnley when he came on. Um, and, but for a worldie, they'd have only, <laughs> they'd only got a point and they'd have been even worse off. Nobody's mentioning the fact that, They've got worse. So far, they've got worse than Derby's record. Uh, well, a team's actually lost 10 points and uh, they're still bottom of the table. Takes them doing after 12 games, that does, doesn't it? To be fair. So we normally look at how we're going to punch holes in the opposition, but like you highlighted, they've kept five clean sheets in 12. So that's obviously a suggestion that they're not particularly easy to punch holes into. Usually we would carry a set-piece threat, but I think they're pretty tall and well-organised. I mean, Hodgson teams, apart from that lot down the road, generally are well-organised. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, tough to break down. So we're going to need some sort of creative spark somewhere along the line. I mean, obviously we haven't got the old get it out to Ogbeni and let him run at a slow right-back plan here, or at least we don't think we have. So yeah, maybe it does all come down to the likes of Chong and Townsend to uh, unlock the door with a bit of magic or ping one in the top bins and dross from 30 yards like you did many a time in a Crystal Palace shirt. Now would be an ideal time to unleash one of them. And um, it's a, it's going to be a different type of game, this one, isn't it? We've got to force the play, so to speak, whereas in the other home games, they've all come to us and then we've kind of fed off them in transition. This time, we've got, we're the one who's got to set the pace and the tempo, much in the way of that Wolves game earlier in the yeah. season. Although I expect Palace to be even more necessarily deeper or negative but just more structured than that Wolves team were well yeah just judging by um, Hodgson's the way he set up most notably for England I suppose I, it, it frustrated me the way he, he maybe set we up for can England. get in touch with the Iceland manager uh, <laughs> excuse me sunshine how, how did you uh, 
Yeah. How did you get us beat? Get your Viking claps prepared yeah, yeah, for yeah. the throw, yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, uh, yeah. I tried to like extinguish that memory, but thanks very much. Seven years ago, I'm surprised you could still remember it. You can't usually remember what happened seven days ago. <laughs> yeah, it's true, or well, seven minutes ago. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it is going to be. It's going to be less. There's less options for that direct approach that Luton have been um, so successful with. Yeah, because they so have Anderson and Gahey, don't they, at the back, and yeah. they're two pretty solid defenders. Uh, absolutely. So I think it's probably gonna have to be a bit of magic which again brings up its own problems because that's been difficult to come up with so far um, i mean of course we haven't mentioned barkley too much in this podcast mm. you know if you, if you need a bit of magic from someone yeah i mean he's done everything but stick one um in the net from you know, 20 maybe yards saw this or game so. come in maybe thought that i need a bit of magic there i'll save it for for then It'd be very nice if he has yeah, I mean, it, that, that's. I suppose that's uh, one um, bright point of this, really. That his form has been absolutely fantastic, and he does have that ability to to pick a pass. So, um, just got to get the players making the right runs, I, I think. But yeah, it's a daunting one because of how sort of stubbornly defensive they they are, Palace, and it's to their credit. To be fair, um, I wish. We could find a bit of that, really. Um, well, I think the thing is as well, they're stubborn in defence, but you can't commit too many numbers because if you start leaving gaps for Eze, Elise, Shalop, Edouard, Ayu, whoever it may be, mm. you know, they've still got quality to get you at the other end, which I suspect is what's happened at Old Trafford. Obviously, Luton playing the same day they played. I didn't see that game, only the highlights on match of the day. But you kind of get the feeling that's how they'd go to Old Trafford and win, wouldn't you? I think that's where most people have got to go to Old Trafford and win. But that's why I wouldn't necessarily say they're a defensive side. Um, I mean, people might level that uh, at Luton to a different degree, obviously, because Luton are just coming up and trying to get used to the league. But they probably understand that other teams are going to have a lot more of the ball. But if you tra- the transition that you make are that quick which they potentially can do to you and they can damage you in that way, then what's the harm in soaking up pressure and then using your best strengths, which are the players that we've already highlighted. So um, it's, yeah, it's a, more of a conundrum, I think, than just saying that they're defensive and it will be cagey because I'm not, not necessarily sure it will be. That's interesting because we're coming to our score predictions uh, in a minute. Yeah, I wasn't using that as a... Slant on Crystal Palace. I mean, you play to your strengths, didn't you? And uh, if you've got two good centre backs and two mighty fine footballers on the counter attack, that's how you uh, that's how you play it. That's for sure. Um, it's going to need everything, isn't it? It's going to need complete performance on the pitch, both tactically, physically, and mentally. It's also going to need huge crowd roaring us on. Well, the guaranteed that because games already sold out. If you haven't got a ticket, unfortunately, this is another one of those games that you're not going to be able to get to. See, and obviously this one being Saturday at three o'clock, not on television in the UK. Might get a couple of minutes on Match of the Day if we're lucky. Doesn't exactly strike you as a game that's going to be first on Match of the Day on Saturday, to be fair. Not when Manchester City are playing Liverpool in the lunchtime kickoff. But you never know. So, we'll finish off this podcast, as we always do, with our correct score predictions. Now you've gone for the wacky and you've gone for the not so wacky so far this season. Which camp are you in for this one? 
I'm not. I'm going for not wacky on this one. Um, I don't like I say. I don't think necessarily think it'd be a cagey game because I, I don't think um, that's how they'll set up. They'll set up to play on the counter. I mean, that's what Luton do as well. So it'd be an interesting approach to that game. So I don't think it'd be a cagey one, but I don't think it'd be high scoring either, just because of the amount of uh, clean sheets they've had and uh, the problems Luton have had. So I'm not going to go all out and say Luton are going to finally find a, a three-goal game this one, but I think uh, I'll go for 1-0 Luton. 1-0 well, Luton is, uh, yeah, it's it's a fair shout. Listen, I'm not expecting oceans of goals here. I mean, you look at Crystal Palace, they've only scored two more goals than us. We've scored 10, they've scored 12, us in 12 games. So neither side is scoring more than a goal a game. Uh, Crystal Palace don't concede many. I think it's 16 they've conceded in 12 and four of them. Newcastle bopped in the back of their nets. So effectively 12 and 11. We're not really conceding many goals. Take them seven out from the first two games. We're not conceding many goals. So, I mean, if you're looking at over two and a half goals as a better here, I'll probably look elsewhere for the game because I can't. I just can't see it. I'm I'm in the same camp as you, actually. I, I do think this is the game where we win. I think we'll have circled this game from a long way out. That's not to say that we didn't think we could beat Liverpool or Man United or anything like that. But when you've had those two fixtures and you've got Arsenal and Man City on the horizon, you circle Crystal Palace, don't you? You don't just circle it, you stick a neon light around it, really, (laughs) to be fair. Um, We've had two weeks to prepare for it. Yes, three or four players are away, but by and large, the key players. Two of those probably won't play. Yeah, the key players that are the important ones on the on the day, the Barclays, the Townsends, the Chongs of this world, the Morrises of this world, they've all been there. Okay, they've been on holiday, but they'll all be there to do the amount of training that they need to do. So I think this is the game that we can turn it. That Newcastle game did show that when they unravel Palace, they can unravel, so they can be beaten. Yeah, okay, on the flip side of that, they've won at Old Trafford, but... We spent God knows how long in the Man United preview podcast saying that Luton could go there and feasibly win. So, um, yeah, 1-0. I think Luton to win 1-0. This is a game where the first goal, it might be the biggest first goal of the entire season so far, this one, because you just see whoever gets it just keeping the other team out because the other team's going to need the ball and they don't want the ball. So (laughs) whoever gets this first goal, absolutely massive. Hopefully it's one of those sort of Saturday afternoons where we can get right behind the team, come out fast and firing and uh, get that goal ahead and then Agent Roy doesn't know what to do and um, keeps on helping Luton and uh, allows us to have three points. Let's hope so. <laughs> That'd be Let's very nice. So. That'd be very nice of him. That'll endear him to those lot down the road even more than they already can't stand him, <laughs> which is uh, exactly how we like it. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast, uh, the longest-running Luton Town podcast, of course. Uh, my thanks to everyone for watching or listening, however it is that you've consumed this podcast. Please do keep subscribing to our YouTube channel and anywhere where you get this podcast, actually. All the numbers benefits us. Please do keep liking, sharing. Send us your comments. We do read them all. We reply to as many of them as we can do. Um, Saltier the better. Absolutely. (laughs) And of course, if you've got a correct score prediction that you'd like to give us, let us have it before kickoff. And if you get any right ones, we will um, shout you out in our review podcast, which will come out on Monday. All things being equal. That is it. Thanks very much to the Hightown Club for hosting this podcast. To Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for the uh, intro music and the music that you're about to hear. 
and to Ed Smith Creative for all the designs on our set. Until we're back for the review podcast, uh, it's very much, come on you actors, let's get this one done. Come on down. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. 